Hi there. I'm James Apache. <clears throat> Forgive me. And this is coffee and a case note. Forgive me once more. Team, today we are going to speak about whether an expert determination needs to be made according to law. <clears throat> We've got a dispute. We've got a landowner, we've got a builder. The landowner owns land, <laughs> the builder provides building services, and they reach an agreement in the quantum of about $20 million. The nature of the agreement, as you can imagine, is the builder is going to do some building on the land owned by the landowner. Now, one of the terms of the agreement that the parties reach is a dispute resolution clause. And in short, if a dispute breaks out, there's going to be scope for an expert to be appointed, and that expert will then make a determination, and the parties agree to be bound by that determination. Does that make sense? It's sort of a way parties use sometimes to avoid going to court. They say, mm, if there's an argument, we'll just appoint some independent person to decide who's right and who's wrong. Hopefully that makes sense. So, you already know where I'm going. Uh, we are marching not too far forwards, um, only long enough for our landowner to demand from our builder some bank guarantees and for our builder to say, no, you're not getting them. What the landowner then does is then issue a notice, certain type of notice pursuant to the agreement. What the builder then does is issue another competing notice and then there are allegations of repudiations of the contract and basically things devolve into a dispute. Now you already know what happens um, in relation to this particular contract if there's to be a dispute. Uh, an expert is to be appointed and so in this, uh, in this case an expert is appointed and the parties have a number of days before the expert uh, hearing the various claims. The expert spends a considerable amount of time working through what the landowner says, working through what the builder says, and coming to her or his conclusion about it. The expert comes to that conclusion, and part of it involves the expert concluding that there is an implied term in the contract, right, there's an unwritten term in the contract, that the landowner's notice, remember that notice that the landowner issued at the start of those arguments about the contract? That the landowner has an obligation to issue notices of that sort only in good faith and not for extraneous purposes. And basically, the expert says, well, you breached, the landowner breached that duty of good faith because the landowner issued that notice for extraneous purposes. So that's the determination the parties had. So how do we get to court? Remember, that's the expert determination. Now we're in court. And what the landowner does is challenge that expert determination. And the challenge is made on two fronts. Front one is that the expert is obliged to make the determination according to law. And by determining that a clause of good faith, or an implied term of good faith, I should say, uh, formed part of the agreement, um, the determination was not made according to law because that determination was not available to the expert. Now, the second uh, limb of the landowner's challenge to the determination was essentially in the nature of an appeal, in the nature of saying, 
um, similar to the way a lower court can get rolled on appeal to a higher court uh, if determinations are made incorrectly, or I should say in that case, judgments or findings are made incorrectly, in the same way an expert's determination can get rolled by the court. Now let's turn to that first challenge. I know it's a bit fiddly. In essence, what the court says is no. The expert's determination stands because if you could have appeals on every little fiddly arguable bit of law, you could have arguments about whether the evidence was given to the expert in accordance with the laws of evidence. And every single arguable point that was finally balanced, you could come and appeal whatever the expert said. And the court said, well, how would allowing an appeal for every little legal point that the expert might make, how could that lead to finality, the sort of finality that the whole dispute resolution clause is meant to bring? So the court says, no, um, there's no requirement along lines of challenge one. So we turn to challenge two, um, in essence saying this is an appeal of an earlier wrong decision, <laughs> in the same way that you can appeal uh, courts or tribunals uh, that are lower in the decision-making tree uh, in a higher court, higher tribunal, forgive me, in the decision-making tree, if we use that phrase. And the court in relation to that suggestion says no, an expert determination is not the finding of a court or tribunal. It's not the finding of a piece of legislation that the parliament has handed down. It is simply a creature of contract. It's simply something that the landowner and the builder agreed in their agreement that they'd comply with. And the court says, well, this is a creature of that contract. The expert complied with the terms of that contract. You agreed to be bound with whatever was handed down and so you are bound with whatever's handed down. And so what that meant, that our landowner's challenge to the expert determination failed. And what that means is that our builder was entitled to payment of a certain amount of money, basically pursuant to the original determination, and our builder got an award for legal costs because the builder had succeeded in resisting the landowner's Supreme Court proceedings. That was a little more technical than we sometimes get, team. I hope nonetheless there was some real good value there for you. And what I'm looking forward to is joining you for another coffee, perhaps a smaller one next time, and another case note soon. Cheers.